Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here. And Gavin, we are rejoined by Benji Ritholtz of the Strickland and Knicks Film School. What are we getting into in the second part of this two-part episode? Yeah, Alex, just one, one mailbag question from our guy, Ignacio. Floors and ceilings for all the main young guys on the Knicks. Cam Reddish, Deuce McBride, Jericho Sims, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Quinn Grimes, and All-Stars right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or Taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube, which if you are, feel free to drop a comment on this episode. I'm sure this is going to be a comment worthy one. Anytime floors and ceilings come up, everybody loves to disagree. Uh, but at any rate, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at the Strick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. And as we said in the intro, we are rejoined by Benji Ritholtz. You might know him from The Strickland. Might know him from Nick's Film School, where he does awesome film threads on Twitter. You might know him from his own personal Twitter handle at Ben Ritholtz MBA. He's one of the foremost Nick's minds on the internet, and we are very happy to have him back with us again. And so I won't hold this up anymore. Let's get into this floors and ceilings discussion. All right, uh, la- last one for you, Benji. Uh, that we've we've already we've touched on the theme, but I want to I want to dive a little deeper on it. Comes from. Uh, our, our MVP of all of our question askers, Ignacio at Ignacio Lobergat on Twitter. And he says, uh, with all we know up to this point, last season and summer league played out, what would you guys say are the adjusted floors slash ceilings of our young players? So I will uh, deem that as Grimes, Obi, Quickly, Jericho, Deuce. Uh, I guess we could throw we could throw Cam in there as well. But uh, Benji, wherever you want to start on those guys. Sorry, so ju- I, need, yeah. I, need, I need a clarification. No, no problem. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, I think he's he, he's just saying like um, he he's saying with all the information we have that IQ and OB like going off at the end of the year, okay. Grimes playing well in summer league, just e- everything up to date. Where where are we at now? Basically, let's start with Grimes. Um, Grimes, one thing I love about what the Knicks have done in these in two summer leagues in a row now is they've I really like what they've. You can kind of see what they're trying to do, which I appreciate. Like, they're very intentional about their summer league team, their roster, who they're playing, who they're playing with, um, the lineups, and, like, what they're clearly asking guys to do, right? So, like, last summer, it was like, IQ, you're going to run 100 pick and rolls a game. We want you to become a better playmaker. Just go do it. This is That's what summer league is for. Like, it's for Emmanuel quickly to become a better playmaker. Like, it was so clear. And I think this summer, it was like, Quentin Grimes, get a little exploratory. Like, don't just take catch and two threes. Like, run second side pick and rolls. Bring the ball up. Let's see you drive the ball. Let's just see you isolate. Like, let, try to expand your game a little bit. And I think it was really smart to do that because, as many people like to talk about, there was this high school point guard Grimes that was really highly touted. And there's something, there's a player in there that 
we haven't really seen, or except for in small flashes. And I think to a large extent, he succeeded. I think he showed some increased ability to get in the paint, make good reads. He's got some really flashy passes in there that kind of take you off guard. You don't expect them, but there they are. He's throwing like crazy bounce passes on the, on the, on the screen and roll or, or, or cross court ones. Like he's got a, a really nice floor game that I think is worthwhile to explore and develop. Um, so in that sense, I think it goes to the first question that we talked about here is like, that's why I'm really, really interested in Grimes. And I think he's so important if Mitchell comes as a guy, not just to, not just cause he's a catch and shoot three guy and a guy who can guard really well on the perimeter but a guy who can make the next play when Donovan Mitchell inevitably drives, gets by whoever he's guarding him. Cause he does, he gets by whoever's guarding him. That's what he does. And he kicks the ball out to Quentin Grimes and someone closes out. I'm like, what now? And that question to me was answered um, to some extent, not fully. There's still some awkwardness sometimes, but like generally, like I know he's going to make the next play and do a really good job of it. And um, so to, to that, I think Grimes ceiling was raised watching what I watched in summer league. And obviously last year, the flashes that he showed. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you with Grimes. You know, I think that ceiling wise, he now profiles to me is like not the same player, obviously, but same level of player. If he reaches the ceiling is like Andrea Godala with the warriors, that sort of guy. Like, I don't know that I would ever see him becoming like a superstar, but a guy that plays good defense can, you know, make a three, but can also put the ball on the floor a bit can, you know, take advantage of a tilted defense, that sort of thing, create opportunities for himself and for others. Iguodala always played more of like a cutter and much more vertical than I think Grimes would, but, you know, different role, but, you know, similar impact type of player, I think. As far as a floor, I think that Grimes maybe has one of the steadiest floors of any of the Knicks, you know, of the young guys where no matter what, he's just going to be a 3 and D guy, you know, like, whatever else is just gravy, but he's a guy who's probably going to make a lot of money in the NBA over a pretty long career, because no matter what, you know, he can shoot a spot up three and he can play awesome defense on multiple different positions. And that's super valuable in the NBA. Um, if I was going to look at like quickly and Obi, um, Oh, I, I also forgot to shout out too. I, I totally made that same observation too, at the end of summer league about what they did with Grimes and like that. They, they tried to like, I feel like they were forecasting what we might see out of Grimes a bit this year. Although it might take some time for him to get that leash from Tibbs to be able to try that stuff. But literally it's like the same thing we saw last year with, with, but it feels like, you know, you're right that it will take time for him to be able to show that stuff. But I have no doubt that Tibbs is involved. Like there's so much about what they do. I mean, Dice is the coach, right? That's Tibbs guy. Mm -hmm. So like he's talking to Tibbs every night about what goes on. Tibbs is at every game. And like, you can just see it. There's such, or in that sense, there's such organizational competence now that we didn't see before. And summer league is stupid in one way, but it's so telling in other ways. And I know this is tangential, but it's like, it just struck me. And like, it was the same with Grimes with Sims. Sims did some crazy crap that like, I was like, what? I'm sorry. You're taking, you're bringing the ball up now, Jericho. Uh, you're taking, mm -hmm. you're, you're isolating from the top of the key now, Jericho. Like that's not just because it was summer league and he's like, ah, screw it. This is fun. That's because coaching staff is telling him like, Hey, Now's the time. Show us how much you can do. Work on this stuff in a game scenario. Like that's not people. I think people dismiss it as like ah summer league. It's I'm not saying that Jericho is going to be doing those things in the regular season. He's not. But it's a great time to 
explore the limits and then you'll be able to dial it back a little bit, but now you're hot. You'll have a little bit more confidence in the things that you're doing and expanding a little bit. So yeah, that's Grimes and Sims. I think had the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if we were going to, so actually that's an interesting uh, segue to Sims. I was going to go to Obi and quick next, but Sims, I think adjusted floors and ceilings. I mean, I don't know how much my mind changed about what I think his ceiling could be, which is essentially just a, a rim runner, a pretty surprisingly switchy guy on defense. Um, a guy who sets really great screens and has maybe some of the best verticality in like the entire NBA uh, and is one of the best lob finishers in the entire NBA. He has to, I don't know if he'll ever be a rim protector like what Mitchell Robinson is because he doesn't have that elite NBA level length, but he has the elite NBA athleticism to at least get up really high and deter shots that way, even if he's not going to block it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that the, the little bit of ball handling and stuff there just sort of raises his ceiling a bit yeah. for me in the, in the sense that he just becomes that much more versatile on the break and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Short you know, roll, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly see him as like, a. I think his ceiling is probably a starter, like a starting level NBA center. His floor is basically what he is now a third big or maybe a second big, you know what I mean? Like he's another guy. I don't know, Gavin, what do you think about Sims as far as like, I think he's another guy that just basically is secured at this point. Like I'm going to make a bunch of money in the NBA and have probably a really long career as long as his athleticism doesn't fall off a cliff. All right. We'll be right back in with Benji talking about some more young players on the Knicks, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly along with later in the show, we'll talk about Deuce McBride and Cam Reddish, why they're the two guys that we think maybe have the most flux in their floors and ceilings. But I got to let you guys know, about Built Bars first. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. Yes, that's like the best treatment you could possibly give a Built Bar. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious coconut brownie chunk puffs are here for a limited time. Make sure you go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. I can attest the coconut flavors are my absolute favorite. I'm a huge almond joy guy normally, or like mounds bars, coconut brownie chunk. I mean, you can't find a regular candy bar out there that is like a coconut marshmallow with brownie chunks on top covered in 100% chocolate. Pretty crazy that you can have that with a Built Bar, and it's actually good for you, too. Uh, Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallows. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. Again, head to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like his best case scenario. Uh, I don't want to say unique because there are players who, who can do it, but you rarely see like a guy in that mold, like like just a tantalizing, like athletic monster of a rim runner who is also like has the potential to be pretty skillful. Like it feels weird because he, to Benji's point, he literally tried one in a game. I even, even best case scenario, I don't really see him ever doing like step back elbow jumpers in an NBA game. Maybe I'm no. wrong about that, but no, but no I, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that from him. But can can he like spray the ball out like rolling to the rim? Yeah, I could, I could see that. Like hit the occasional like wide open like spot up midi. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I think he's he's a starter. Grimes, uh, I would say a supercharged Danny Green who can do a lot more attacking closeouts while giving you like truly, truly, truly like elite three point shooting and and fantastic. Maybe not quite that good defensively, but like in in that realm. Yeah. Um, I I think he can be like one of the five best guys on a championship team, which is is crazy, crazy value for the twenty six pick in draft. Yep. Sorry, Benji. Go go ahead. No, no. Where, where I hesitate. I- with Grimes on the defensive end is he's just not that big. Yeah. Um, and like Danny Green, I'm not, I don't have the wingspan in front of me, but Danny Green's a big wing with length that Grimes does not possess. And like Grimes has shown a ton at the point of attack and he's really, um, he gets really skinny, he gets through screens really well. He keeps guys uh, outside. I'm a little, I'm, I'm, we'll see if he does have, end up starting, which I think is a real possibility whether the fouls become an issue because he does get a little handsy um, and aggressive in that way. Um, but that's where you, that's where, it, it, you know, I probably Grimes was six, six, seven. Then I think Grimes goes higher than where he goes. I think the, the, the size is, is, a, is a hesitation for me. I think a great comp for Grimes. Um, and I, I think now, and what we talked about, I think the, the ceiling has, has risen. Um, because of the offensive skills that he's shown. But, like, Royce O'Neal is an interesting comp to me. Um, and I think it's easy to deride other players on other teams. Royce O'Neal's really solid. He's been a solid starter on a really good team for, for many, many years. He makes a good clip of his threes. He guards multiple positions. He was the only good perimeter defender on that team for, for several years. And, like, kept, you know, like, I actually think now, like, I think that was kind of like, that makes a lot of sense. I think Grimes is a better shooter. Um, Royce O'Neal's a pretty good shooter. But I think Grimes is a better shooter. And I think... Now I've seen a little bit more creativity from Grimes. I think the ceiling has like kind of has surpassed that pretty comfortably. Um, maybe that's even a floor, and I think that's a really good floor. So yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, you might have even thrown someone threw it out there. He he didn't have a single shot block last year. Grimes like yeah. that's that's kind of a crazy stat, right? Like just a combo of like how high he gets and his release and his, the the volume with which he shoots threes is is what kind of keeps me feeling like oh there might be might be something really really good here that like. And, and, and again, like he's a very different player playing off of a Donovan Mitchell where he's getting like hard cross court closeouts and you got to close out to 28 feet on this guy. And he, he has some juice and he has some passing chops. Like, I don't know. There's, I think there's a, a really, really like, again, like not, not what Wiggins was for the Warriors, but that's just a different, to your point, different level of size, athleticism, like finishing around the rim, but he, he can be a guy on, on a title team. And that's, that's a lot. Um, yeah. quickly at Obi, uh, we've talked so much about, it, I don't want to like go too in depth in, into why, but I mean, I'll say, I think I'll, I'll give a little bit more equity to this in quickly than Obi. And maybe this is like two times out of a hundred outcomes, but all stars for the ceiling. And I don't, I don't think that's, again, I think that's exceptionally unlikely for both of them just because quickly doesn't really have the bulk and Obi, like he would just have to become like a very, very good shooter when for most of his career has been a bad, if not terrible shooter at his position while admittedly showing flashes down the stretch of last season. But I was, my optimism was, was buoyed by quickly starting to get separation with relative ease down the stretch of last season. That was always my big question with him and, and something that I thought like, I mean, would cap his ceiling maybe as a bench guy, even if that didn't improve and it looked like it improved dramatically. Again, you got to 
take into account the level of competition and, and see if he can do it over bigger minutes, night after night after night. But just his, his combo shot making and now, again, that ability to get free off the dribble, like there's a he could be a really good scorer in the NBA. And, and Obi um, is just one of the special finishers on planet Earth. And he has to just continue to add a lot of supplemental skill to make that as functional and as consistently available as possible. But I, again, I think context will shape a lot of that. I think him just playing more. And I think he's, he's very clearly a different guy when he knows he's going to be on the court for 35 minutes, no matter what he does. than when he has to play with the, Oh, if I miss one, three in a bad way, Tibbs is yanking me out of this game. But those are the ceilings for those guys. Floors are, I don't know what they are now. Like, Good, really, really good bench guys in, in the NBA. Benji, what, what, where are you at on those two? Yeah, I remember on the, I think the first time I was on with you guys, um, we talked about IQ a lot uh, in about half, I guess it was a few months into his rookie year. And I talked about CJ McCollum as a comp. Now, I say that with hesitation because CJ is a, CJ is a craftsman. Like CJ is a special offensive talent. Three levels, um, amazing mid-range game shot maker so crafty like but in terms of like a kind of combo guard never gonna be like the, a great playmaker but a good one um a guy who you have to respect off screens to shoot from anywhere so you got and therefore he draws a lot of traps and then can make the pass and create advantages in that sense and not like a true point guard in that sense, but not like really a true two guard because he doesn't have the size, right? Like that similarity, kind of like a real combo. I think quickly is already better defensively than CJ's ever been. And probably I don't think quickly ever reaches CJ's heights as an offensive player. So maybe that's a trade off. Maybe never going to have that mid range game. Never going to have that mid range game. We talked about the release and what kind of how that limits him and, and all that from the mid range. But I, I, I like that as kind of like a ceiling. Like I, CJ's what well, CJ's I don't think he's ever been an all-star, but he's been a fr- He's like, he's always been, he's kind of almost in the discussion, a fringe all-star. The, the year he got hurt, like two seasons ago, he could have made it if he'd stayed yeah. healthy. I kind of like that as, as quickly ceiling. That's how I feel. Uh, Obi, like Obi's a really unique player. It's kind of hard to archetype. And we talked about that already. John Collins is like the most obvious one to me as like a super athlete uh, developing Collins developed that three point shot, which made a huge difference for him. Um, needs to roll to the rim, which is something that Tom Thibodeau has not yet uh, discovered. Maybe he did the last five games of the season. Um, needs to roll to the rim. Uh, the difference, obviously, Collins, I think, is more polished as a shooter and a shot maker. Um, both are really crazy athletes. Um, the difference, one thing I like about Obi's ceiling a bit more, and I don't think he's he's not his floor right now is he's not John Collins. Like John Collins is a better player right now, but like. Obi has better feel. Collins is a little bit stiff as a as a ball player and doesn't necessarily make reads the way Obi does. Obi's such an intuitive basketball player. Um, I think Collins has developed into a better defender than he gets credit for too. Uh, and I don't think Obi's quite there yet as a defender, but Obi's been decent, solid as a defender. Um, so I, I, Collins is really interesting. I don't know. Ceiling is probably not giving Obi enough credit because uh, you know Collins again, like maybe a couple of years there was like almost in the All Star discussion, like really good player puts up what 18 and 10, whatever he puts up a game um, on efficient shooting. Um, maybe that's not respectful enough to Obi as a ceiling, but I think it's kind of an idea of like, what if, if Obi got a ton of time playing with a really good point guard, a passing playmaker, Trey Young, obviously one of the best Donovan Mitchell, not too shabby. If that's the guy Brunson, even if he gets to play with Brunson at all is certainly an upgrade for Obi as someone who can make plays for a guy like Obi. Um, I like that. That's that's that that's the idea. That's what I want to see if he can play enough, right? 
Yeah, I don't I don't have too much uh to add to those two. I, I think I'm kind of just with you guys in the sense of I, I think their their ceilings, you know, it it's impossible to rule out what you saw over a half decent sample at the end of the year. We would have loved a larger sample, but you know, a sample of I don't know, an eighth of the season or so, like the last like ten games is something and they showed that they can really you know play in a starting role and you know in in roles where they're empowered to be sort of the the twin engine of the the offense you know with quickly with getting everything started with running the offense and you know distributing and starting fast breaks and you know that sort of thing as well as obviously his shooting and his improving finishing obi with like setting screens running you know pick and roll and being a role man and you know, hitting spot up jumpers from the corner and stuff like that. And, you know, the cuts that he makes, which we've already talked about, you know, there's a lot to love about Obi as well. I, I do think that either of them, if they reach their ceiling, which again, Gavin, you know, you said like maybe like a 2% chance or something, which I agree, you know, could become like an all-star type player. Uh, if they stay at their floor, they're basically just who they are now, which is good NBA rotation players. Uh, don't listen to our our boss David Locke, who said he didn't know if <laughs> if quickly uh, Obi or Grimes were <laughs> NBA rotation players. They all are NBA rotation. This is all the stuff that I wanted to say when we were talking with him on the yeah. Show. No, but you're saving it for the 54 minute mark. That's good. That's yeah, good. I was saving right. it for this one. <laughs> um, Smart. <laughs> but uh, he's not listening I, this far. <laughs> exactly. Um, I although this might be a two part podcast at this point. Uh, I guess we could we could quickly close on like the I guess the the last guys, um, Deuce and Cam Reddish. Right. I think that's all we have left. Uh, yeah. I'll just say with Deuce, I I have more. He's the one guy that I have more worries at this moment than I did maybe a year ago. Yep. Um, after summer league, you know, Grimes I think really pushed himself a lot. Deuce seemed to, other than a little bit maybe in one or two of the games, seemed to mostly just be doing what he does well already, which is pull up shooting and playing defense. And those are great valuable skills. You know, I. I could see a world where maybe his ceiling ends up being, again, not a one-to-one comparison, but like a Pat Beverly-esque player, like undersized, defensive menace, can carve out an easy 20 minutes a game for himself, uh, setting the tone on defense and, you know, just generally being a pest while not being as much of a a jerk as (laughs) Beverly is on the court, Um, you know, being like a mild-mannered Patrick Beverly, I guess. Um, I could definitely see that being the case. Um, and, and then as far as Cam, he's the most intriguing one of any of these guys. I, I still, to this day, you know, it's so tough because we didn't get to see that much of him this year in a Knicks uniform. But based off what happened in a Hawks uniform, like I could see anywhere from <laughs> from a, a $20 million contract, you know, this time next year for him to – you know, people saying how long until he's playing for the Shanghai Sharks, you know, like it all depends on how things break for him and and what he's willing to focus in on on his game. I feel like because all the physical tools are there and all the natural ability is there. But like we saw with the Knicks, like there's the, the shot selection inconsistencies. There's the defensive inconsistencies. There's the the shot mechanics inconsistencies where like 
I always say he's like a wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man from the waist down, you know, where it's like <laughs> his legs go wherever they want to go um, on any given shot attempt. And he never has that like Grimes esque, like up and down shot motion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of intrigue with him where I could easily see him later. Well, not maybe not easily, but again, maybe this is like a 5% outcome or something like becoming an all-star level player. I could also see a large, case where he just becomes a really good like energy role player that can come in and make some shots for you off the bench and that sort of thing i could also see it where he is maybe the the guy among the Knicks young core that i think it's maybe the most likely although probably not a high percentage given his pedigree and natural abilities and everything that could potentially end up out of the nba before he turns like 30 or even like 27 or something um so he's the and it's not even for lack of work ethic it's just for like lack of focus on the things that matter, I guess. Identity, I would say. Yeah, identity. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put it too. But Benji, how do you feel about those last two guys? Um, yeah, on Cam, one guy I think about a lot with Cam is Rudy Gay. That's just a name that that I think about in terms of the, the really great wing size, strength, body type. Um, Rudy was interesting because he – he almost missed his time. He was such a mid-range kind of guy and that, that kind of passed him by. And then he went through a weird transition and he ended up on the other side, like being a solid three and D guy with San Antonio towards the end. But like kind of a, the way Rudy Gay maybe his career should have gone like that kind of, like, I think there's a lot of ability in cam that it's not like, I think it would be almost a waste if he just became a three and D, but like, I don't think he's ever going to be like a, not a really 40 percent three-point shooter like, i don't see that um so i don't like I, I i think he needs to be a little bit more creative in his game some isolation some some pick and roll he's a really good passer that's kind of that hasn't hasn't yet um blossomed but it's there and i've seen it um like rudy gay kind of like a maybe like a six man who comes in and like you kind of can run things through um He's such a it's he's a bit of a ball of clay and it's hard to say because he hasn't shown you a ton but the flashes are so are so interesting but I don't know it's always a name that struck me is, is Rudy Gay because the Paul George stuff is stupid um, but Rudy Gay is interesting that's more of the level of player maybe that he can reach like when Rudy Gay was really good um, and as to Deuce yeah I agree I was surprised at, at Deuce's performance in Summer League I I, I know those were his weaknesses. Like, I know he didn't get into the paint a ton. Uh, I know he struggles to beat his man. Um, I expected him to try more, like you were saying, Alex. Like, he didn't – he kind of just settled, and he was kind of happy to settle, which I was a little disappointed by. Um, yeah, his offense right now is is not really NBA level, I, I don't think. I know he showed some flashes in regular season games. He had a couple – he had one really big game. Um, but I, I'm a little – little worried about him one guy i think about there um in terms of like again ceiling is probably not fair enough but like what gabe vincent has turned himself into in miami um as a guy who makes shots i wouldn't say he's running you a ton of picking he almost, he's almost a he's a de facto point guard in that he's the smallest guy on the floor but he's basically playing the wing slot for like tyler hero running the pick and rolls or jimmy butler running he's play basically spotting up off the side and maybe running secondary stuff really strong really smart um and can make a spot up three and, and maybe create off of that. So uh, Gabe Vincent is a name that's come up and I, I, that I've thought about. 
Um, I think Deuce's ceiling is higher than Gabe Vincent, but I, I don't I think that would be a good outcome for the Knicks. God, it's a really solid rotation player. So. Yeah, I like I, I like the Pat Bev uh, name for him from Alex. I think Pat Bev sometimes gets underrated offensively, like for I mean for what he is, like very very good three point shooter for points of his career. Again, it's like a standstill guy and like decently creative getting to the rim and, and Deuce just he just has to. Like, I think the athleticism is there. I honestly think, like, the handle isn't that far off from being there. Just, like, has to be, like, from a confidence, comfort, and just putting it all together and, like, consistently, like, as aggressive as he is defensively, being that aggressive offensively. Like, Mm -hmm. that all has to come through for him. But playing off of, like, again, like, not everyone in the NBA has someone like this, but, like, a Giannis or Luca, like, like a big, like, point guard initiator where he's just, like, his guard is to like, or not his guard. His job is to bother the uh, Chris Pauls yeah. of the world and 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 hit open threes. Like I think he could be very good at that at some point. And floors he could be out of the league. Uh, similar floor with Cam. Cam, we a lot of Andrew Wiggins talk on this pod, but I think his upside is a poor man's version of what Wiggins is doing on the Warriors. Like put him on. That's and, good. And, I like and that. that's and that's a unique ecosystem, right? Like there's one there's one Golden State and that it worked out perfectly for Wiggins. Like that was that was the ultimate career move for Andrew Wiggins, and it would be the ultimate career move for Cam Reddish because guys who like obviously it doesn't work for everyone. Like look, Kelly Oubre went there and he didn't couldn't really change his game, couldn't really adjust, couldn't figure it out. But like Cam and like the right ecosystem that can, to Benji's point, like leverage a guy who I think is a smart and like barely willing passer. I think that got underplayed. Like he, he didn't play super selfish, like some no. stupid shots aside um, and can like, it can like weaponize him and like fire him up to like, say like, Hey, we're in a playoff series. You get to guard Jason Tatum for five minutes. Like go, go give him hell. Like that's, that's what turned Wiggins into like, like saved his career to some extent. I don't think like Cam doesn't have that strength or like, or just like Wiggins was like Wiggins at his worst was a 20 point score in the NBA, which isn't, isn't Cam right Wiggins now. Wiggins is, Wiggins yeah. is a 2%, 1% athlete vertically. Yeah. Like he's a, right. That's, I mean, coming out of college, I was like, this guy, the spin move is like the tightest thing you'll ever see. He gets it's sick. I mean, yeah. Some of the finishes he had in the finals, like where he's hanging in the air, like, Cam's a good athlete, but Kev's not. I mean, that, yeah. Wiggins no, is special. The, the spin and dunks on Wiggins High School mix. I thought the dude was going to be Michael Jordan. Like, he, he had the Maple Jordan nickname. He was, he was crazy. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like a poor man's version of that, I think. I would like be that. Good. I for him. All right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll end on that. A, a great compliment from Benji, who I say, it, Benji, every time you're on. Uh, one, of the, one of the most admired basketball minds on Nick's Twitter. Uh, check out those threads Thanks, on Nick's Film School. Uh, I learned something new. Every time I read them, like both, not just about the player, but like about basketball and like stuff to watch out for stuff to see. So, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's great. It's, it's great to see and it, it helps me do my job better. So thank you, Benji. And, uh, one final time, uh, where can everyone find all your fantastic work? Thanks, Gavin. That's very kind of you. And I yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm at Ben Ritholtz MBA, uh, Ritholtzman on Twitter. I, um, Right for the Strickland. I put out threads for Nick's Film School. Um, the Wiggins article that we referenced earlier, the RJ Wiggins comparison, is my pinned tweet right now if you want to check that out. Hopefully in the next coming weeks, I'll be writing about uh, Tibbs' joke of Noah-centric offense, how that might apply to the Isaiah Hartenstein offense that he can run with the second unit. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, yeah, I'm on Twitter. So uh, always appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun. So good to catch up. All right. Thanks so much for popping on, Benji. Appreciate you, man. And for everybody listening, keep your eyes and ears out. We'll, of course, be here to talk about any Donovan Mitchell stuff should it break. We also have a bunch more mailbag questions to get into. We uh, we only managed to get through a couple today, uh, but we <laughs> we really crushed them. Really did, did them a good service. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon in your ears, uh, in front of your eyes. If you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to 
drop a thumbs up, maybe a comment if you're in the YouTube comment section. But until next time, thank you all so much. Talk to you all soon. Peace out.